Hey, everybody. It's the Drive School Podcast. I am Pastor Gibbon, your host, and uh, my, my good friend, Michelle Bauman, the director of Why for Life, is here with us. How are you doing today, Michelle? Great. It is so great to be back with you. We miss you. I know you've been busy. You're, you're on the road right now and everything. What's, yeah. uh, what's Why for Life been up to? Lots of lots of presentations, lots of conferences. We were just at Beautiful Feet last weekend, and this Very week cool. we're in Ohio, uh, at in Cleveland, um, looking at working at Lutheran West, the high school there. So, so I, I was born in Cleveland, and everybody says Cleveland just like that, just with a little bit of like almost a hint of an apology in your voice. Um, <laughs> It's a nice city. The river is not even on fire anymore, you guys. Um, it's, it's fine. Yeah, when I was a child, the, the river caught on fire. I remember it to this really? day. Uh, there was that much sort of pollution and stuff in it oh. that the water caught on fire. Um, it's way better now, you guys. Rock and Roll <laughs> Hall of Fame. Uh, the water bottles. Maybe I should stick with water bottles. But I'm, <laughs> I'm sure they've cleaned it up since <laughs> Let's hope so. I probably still wouldn't drink directly from the river. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm hoping, you know, I've refilled my water, water bottle a few times from the faucet. So hopefully that's gone through some sort of system plant. So I'm sure it'll be fine. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how to transition gently into anything productive, though. Life. So uh, it, it's important. your job. Life is important. Uh, specifically, what, what are we uh, what are we focusing on today? Yeah, that's such a great image. Water on fire. Because we're actually going to be talking about um, let's let's talk about Genesis. Let's talk about creation. And you know, okay. water is intended as a gift in creation, right? Um, but uh, yeah. my hope is Lots like fallen since then, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The the water on fire is purely. What a great example of sin in the world, right? The corrupt nature and, uh, <laughs> oh man, I'm never getting that image out of my head. Just saying. Um, yeah. The, the, okay. So sidetrack. I know this is really short, but happened when I was in Russia. I was in Russia and I was like walking uh, and, and some of the water in, um, I was in St. Petersburg, had oil on top, and then there was a little section over to the side that was on fire. So I have seen that before, uh, let alone the moment when I, like, there was one day I was getting ready to brush my teeth and I turned on the faucet and something really black came out and it came out for like three days. Um, so anyway, it's not just in America. Corruptness around the world, right? Sin has affected the water supply everywhere. Okay, moving on. Yay. <laughs> so, okay. Um, but yeah, let's talk about creation because creation, I so like we're going to move through the book of Genesis. So this this today, let's look at Genesis mm -hmm. 1 and maybe a little bit of Genesis 2, but I think that actually could also uh, be another session that we talk about. But Genesis 1 establishes God as the God of life, right? Um, in comparison to any other creation story, that we see, and we know there's creation stories in every culture, uh, and every every god has their own creation story. But the real god, uh, Yahweh Himself, the Triune God, uh, does something that no other gods do. He creates something from nothing. Right? There is no matter. There is nothing. It is He creates from nothing, and what He creates is good. Um, and that goodness is seen each day in creation, right? So um, when, I, when I go and I speak to um, my high school and college youth, I, I love taking through them through the, the days of creation because you can see 
God in his ordered plan from the beginning is setting up a perfect place for life, right? So the very first thing that he creates is light, which is essential to life, not only to our lives, but to the life of vegetation and animals. Um, because without light, obviously there is, there is no, no life um, that can continue. And so he lays that foundation. And then on day two, he creates water and air, which are also elements that are necessary to life, um, necessary to humans, but necessary to the whole world. Uh, and then on day three, he creates land and vegetation. So right there, by the end of the first three days, we have all that is necessary for life, for the for the beings that he will he will bring, right? Um, and it's and it's so amazing because again, when we look at other other um, creation stories, I used to teach some creation stories uh, to my high school students. You know, maybe some Native American ones or or other cultures, and there's always like this problem oops, the God made a, made a mistake, right? And now the turtle has to carry everything on his back or uh, the woman has to fall into a hole and, and bring seeds up or those sort of things. But, but God actually um, so orders his creation um, that it is, it is life-sustaining and life-giving, right? Um, and those are just the first three days. So um, just yesterday, I was talking to some sixth through eighth graders, and uh, I was asking them about invisible things. And if those invisible things are actually indispensable, like we can't live without them. And so we talked about air and um, air. Isn't it wonderful that God made our lungs to perfectly breathe the air that just so happens to perfectly exist on Earth? right? It's almost like... A lot of coincidence there, yeah. Yeah, it's almost like that was pre-planned. And it, and it was, right? Um, his order sustains life. So we have those first three days that set the foundation for life. But then the next three days, uh, he builds on that foundation and he, he fills in, he locates the light. Uh, he provides seasons. He provides um, stars in the sky so we can we can recognize the change of those seasons, which helps us when it's time know when it's time to plant and when it's time to harvest, and um, and that affirms life. Um, but then on and that's on day four, and then on day five, you know we have that the filling in of the water and the air with life, the birds and the fish of the sea, um, and God didn't create a bird before He created air. He didn't create a fish before he created the water for it to live in. He already had all the things necessary for their life. Um, and then, of course, the land animals and, and human beings created on day six, um, which need the vegetation to eat, right? Or, or to, to um, sometimes to live in, right? The vegetation to live in, to make their homes in, um, but also to provide the work. There's just, again, the order of creation affirms and upholds life from the very beginning, right? So I've been talking a while. I'm going to pause. Everything no, everything before kind of serves the thing to come afterwards. Yeah. Um, and and it, it's it's a very different image. You, you write then sort of the, the pantheon creation stories um, where, where you have a, a plurality of gods and there's almost always a war. There's somebody who fights. There's there's sort of death inherently baked into creation and all of those other stories, but but not with our gods. Um, it, it's it's uh, one that's rooted wholly in, in building up 
Um, so that, that the very first thing always seems to be serving the things afterwards. And, and it's going to get, it's going to get even crazier because the, the, the unmade God, the uncreated God, the first before everything, God jumps into this creation and, and you're right. He serves then even us inside of it. The, the first always serves the last. And so when we, by the time we get to, to man and especially to woman, um, we, we've, we've painted a, a pattern that we should expect some some stuff to, to, to go a certain way. Uh, it's, it's, you're right. It's just sort of all woven together as we go. And then, and you know, you've got that whole concept of service, right? God preparing in advance for us. Right. And we know uh, that God is love by definition. He is love and God is life. And we see those, those intertwined here, right? Because he cares so much for his creation, he provides everything that, that is needed and he does it in an ordered way. Uh, and then, and then uh, when man comes to be, when human beings come to be, when Adam and Eve are created, he is able to gift them all of this, this creation, right? This, this creation that will uphold and sustain their life, but also give their life purpose and an opportunity to serve each other um, and, and to uphold, uphold the creation that he's already, already given. Um, and, and we see that God, God loves life so much that he actually gives this command, right? Uh, this command to be fruitful and multiply. And so often we attach that command to human beings, but he actually gives this command to all of creation, right? To all the animals, to all the beings. And yeah, you yeah, see so it. I mean, the trees are making fruit. The yeah. animals are making more of each other according to, and that's what God looks at and calls good. Um, it's, it's not good yet. If it's not sort of mature enough to, to reproduce, to make more of, um, right. as, as God is looking at it and, and actually happy more life, the, the life that he gave is begetting more life all of the same. Yeah. And, and uh, it's designed to do so, right? So even now in the fallen <laughs> world, in the world where there are fires on water, um, <laughs> even now the trees are still, still blossoming and still blooming, right? The, the flowers are still reproducing. The animals know inherently that they should come together with an animal that's of the opposite sex and have baby animals, right? Whether those are bunnies or kitties or, you know, whatever the case may Mm -hmm. be. Um, And, and because that's, that's written into them. It's written into them to, to make and to create life. So our God writes into, right. As he creates or, or however, whatever analogy you want to be, whether it's writing the book of life or whether it's weaving us together or whether it's painting, but, but whatever artistic, analogy you want to to make because god is an artist right he he creates um it is always a creation that results in life right it always is inherently about life um because he loves us so much and you're right he does say that this creation is very is good and at the end uh, that sixth day it is very good right it is very good um and and so we see that God rejoices in the life that he made and in the creation that he designed. So, yeah. It's, it's nice to actually look at this and, and see something still going. And, and some of it's just sort of the habit that, that we, we, we get, but it's, it's, it's been a while since I've looked at, 
Genesis 1 and 2 without sort of counting the loss. You know what I mean? Like, this is the stuff that we don't have anymore. This is the place we can't go anymore. Things aren't like this anymore. Um, it's not good. And you're right, though, to sort of recognize that, that God's character hasn't changed, even if we done made a mess of things. Um, <laughs> and if God is still a, a good God of life, that means that that in this creation that he still cares for, as, as broken by our sin as it may be, we can still find a, an awful lot of, of goodness dwelling and life growing where realistically there should be none. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the testament that goodness exists is, is all of God's doing, right? Um, one of the things the sixth through eighth graders came up with yesterday with invisible is God, God's invisible, right? And is, is he indispensable? Absolutely. Because without him, there would be no good in the world, right? There would only be brokenness. Um, because that's what what we bring to it, um, but but actually because God is still active uh, in the world, right, sustaining and upholding life, we see that life continue. Um, we we talk about you know like this this hiddenness of God, right? Where is God hidden um, uh, in the world for our benefit? And we see it in the Word and sacraments, right? He is there living in the Word and sacraments, even though He is clothed in in other things right um but we also see i think we see this 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 now and not yet in nature right uh, not that mm. um we go to nature to receive the forgiveness of sins or anything like that but we also we we see the fingerprint of god in nature and we know that that too will be remade like we rejoice that we're going to be remade on the last day but so too is creation, right? And it groans, it moans for that that day to come, um, because even creation, uh, you know, is suffering from sin, whether whether it has the cognitive ability to recognize it or not, um, it is it is suffering because of sin, right? And so, um, yeah, even even the life that was started, <clears throat> this this new, we will we will have a new earth. Um, that is perfect. And so this now, but not yet, this hiddenness, this reality that is true and yet will be made even better um, on the last day. I love it. Michelle Bauman, thanks so much for hanging out today. Let's keep going in Genesis next time. Sounds great. Okay. Have a great thanks day. Thanks so much for inviting me. Anytime.